okay. We've been doing a series on Just Like Jesus. How many has really found it? Uh, there's different things about your personality. You've, you've realized you're actually a lot like Jesus. Has anybody figured that out or, or experienced that during this time of teaching? Okay, that's what I figured. If we're honest, we see how unlike Jesus we really are. Today, today we're going to be talking uh, just like Jesus in adversity. Just like Jesus in adversity. Last week we were talking about just like Jesus and forgiveness. And let me tell you, that's a touchy subject because it covers a, a big spectrum of a lot of things. Of things that we hold dear to our heart, things that we don't want to forgive. We don't want to, for, you don't have to forgive, but some things you don't want to forgive. And it became, becomes very territorial when somebody talks about forgiveness. Instantly, your mind goes back to that certain situation. You don't know, preacher, what this person done to me or what they done to me. I'm not telling you anything about Dwight. But Jesus said, forgive so that you can be forgiven. And if, and if you're having a problem with forgiving somebody, I'm not saying you're justifying what they've done and, and, and the actions on which they took, but, but you have to forgive. Now, let me tell you something. If you can't forgive, you got things in your mind and things that you harbor in your heart, this next message is really going to drive you crazy. You may wonder why there's adversity. There's a reason we have adversity. Adversity is not a, a typical um, subject we think about a whole life, but it's, it's part of life. It's, it's difficult to be like Jesus in everything, you know. I ask you who's figured out how to be like Jesus. And, and there's some things, you know, maybe in my traffic driving, I, I revealed that first week about driving in traffic, and I become very impatient. I want to get people out of my way because they're really slow. They don't know how to drive, and especially Illinois. You ever, you ever watch a car that drive? You ever watch a car that drives on the interstate always in the passing lane? Why are they always from Illinois? I don't know if it, was, if it was when they were young, they couldn't tell the light from the right. I don't know what it was, something, something like that. Maybe, maybe this past year, I'm going to reflect a little bit about the past year, but there's a lot of things that adversity, you have to grow through. And when you face adversity, instead of blaming everybody else, think about what, what am I to take out of this? What am I to experience out of this? I was, I was ready, and maybe this past year you had a, a situation you were ready for sickness, and, and maybe there's a sickness in your life or in your body and in your, in your family, and things that made you very awkward and, and not very pleasant. You were not ready for 2020 itself. Things just haven't worked out for you, and you, th you say that, you say, well, things just haven't worked out for me. Everything I do, it, it doesn't seem to succeed, and, and I have adversity after adversity, and, and I have trial after trial, and, and I'm just getting very frustrated with life. Past year has been a, a definite struggle in your, in your work, maybe in your marriage. You've had disappointments again and again. Matter of fact, maybe the past year, maybe the past month, it's become more real than it's ever been. You just keep seeing more negative down, down turns in your life. And you're really frustrated. 
What is the one thing that you probably haven't done in this whole situation with, with, with adversity? It could be that if you ever went to the Lord and said, Lord, what are you going to show me in this? What, what, do you, what, do you, what is your purpose in, in this adversity that I'm going through? We can talk about a lot of top, types of adversity. We're going to go to talk about Joseph in just a little bit, but I'll get back to him in just a minute. Nothing has went well. In the midst of our adversity, I will never act like Jesus. Let's be honest. I will never act like Jesus. And some of us think sometimes, I don't want to act like Jesus. I don't want to act right. I want to just throw a fit and show my temper tantrum. Uh, there was this, this past week I had a, a video on the TV. And the, and the car had Maisie at the doctor in London, was in, and they're with me, and she's watching. And she watched all these cartoons, and I was just really bored. So I put an Andy Griffith bit, video in there. And, and the classic, you know which one I'm going to talk about. A classic Andy Griffith is a little boy named Arnold. And, and so what was funny about this, Arnold was there, and I'll, I'll, be, I'll be quick. First, uh, he teaches Opie how to hold his breath, and, and then he teaches him to uh, cry, and he can't shut up, and he, then he teaches him to uh, throw a tinter, temper tantrum. So Opie goes to his dad, and he, goes, he went and get in his way with an allowance or whatever, and, and he looked at his dad, and he goes, so Andy looks up and goes, what's wrong? I'm holding my breath. Okay, that's good lung exercise. Next thing he does, he stomps and cries. He screams and cries. He cries. He goes, what are you doing now? I'm throwing a fit. Oh, okay, don't get too loud. And then the third one, he lays in the floor, and he kicks his feet, and he stomps, and he says, I'm having a tantrum, and Andy just, just blows him off. In other words, he didn't acknowledge him. I don't know what that point has to do with this message, but I'll think of it in a moment. But then when we got home, I watched London get upset about something. I think the reality of it came back to me. And I had a notice that all of a sudden she got in the floor, and she started laying and kicking I thought, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Over something that was not an adversity, something that was just, you know, a little, no, you can't do this, or you can't use your iPad, or just whatever it was. And we act the same way. We throw temper tantrums and go crazy because something is not going all right our way. Let me tell you, most things won't go right for you. Most things don't go right for me. But it's how you deal with the things when they go wrong that shows that you're just like Jesus. Now, I'm not foolish enough to think that we can be just like Jesus, but there's a goal that we should be trying to achieve. How did Jesus handle these situations? And the situation that you're in this past week or this past month or all of last year, how did you handle it? Did you come forth shining like a, a bright star? You done so good in it? I get tired of trying sometimes. And here's one that everybody in this room can relate to. I get tired of people. Yeah. I get tired of people. See, for some of you who are visiting, we had some people up on the platform and they're leading worship and, and truly love the Lord with all their heart. But when they walk out in the foyer and they go to town and they go to Walmart, I guarantee you that they have moments that they are snotty, moments that they are rude, moments that they're in a bad mood. Just because you're up here and just because you're out there, nobody walks in perfection. Nobody. But you can see the levels of 
imperfection begin to remove out of your life as you become more more like Jesus. There's something about being more like Jesus. It's just, it's just so eye-opening. Go to Job chapter 5 and verse 7. It says, I'll read it to you. I mean, uh, the New Century Version, this sounds a little different. People produce trouble as surely as sparks fly upward. But if I were you, I would call on, on God and bring my problem before him. It's inevitable. Everybody is going to have adversity. And adversity happens. My first point is this. Adversity gets your attention. When something goes bad, it gets your attention. I have people all the time who don't come to church here anymore. Or maybe, maybe once a year they'll come or something or two times a year. And call me and say, Pastor, I need you to pray for so-and-so or such-and-such because of these circumstances. It's amazing. When it, uh, the diversity, adversity, when it happens, it makes us think instantly that we're helpless and that he has help and he has hope and he can give answers. So we call a preacher or we call other people. We call the Coopers. We call Sister Blau. We call Brother Charles. We call whoever. Anybody here will pray because we want to get a little hope. We're thinking, well, maybe God will have a mercy on me because they're praying for me. Sudden sickness, family issues. And then we begin to think, what did I do wrong? Because we think bad things only happen to ungodly people. Bad things happen to just people who've rebelled against the Lord. And we extended our, our spiritual perch up here and we look down on all the, the little pawns. No. thing about it is that adversity is part of life. Jesus told us, you will be persecuted. You will be hated. You will have people talk about you. You will have people run you down. You remain faithful. You remain faithful. There's a, um, there's a song here. I'm going to have them play in just a second. And it's a uh, Zach Williams song. Is that his name? Zach Williams? Yeah. And uh, get ready for us because there is a reason for diversity in your life. And I woke up this morning. There's a lot of people had some spiritual battles last night. I woke up this morning at 3 o'clock and my mind was, was really bothered because of some things that some different people were having that they've let me know and it just it was really overwhelming, and, and so I woke up at 3 o'clock and, and um, just began to pray, and I laid on the couch, and I said, Lord, I, I don't know how to pray about this. This is, this is just very difficult, and, and these circumstances, and these different people are going through things. And of all the times I've, this happened to me, this has, doesn't happen that often, these people need to realize, just like I have, you're in the middle of adversity to see how you come out of it. You need to see how and what you need to do differently in this adverse, adversity season. It doesn't mean that it's fun, but it's, it is amazing how you come out of it. But how you handle it is very, very good. Go ahead and start the video if you would.
see, it's amazing just the little things you become more like Jesus with. Every one of these people needed a ride. Every one of them had problems, but he, he set some of his own personal things he said, and he provided a access for them. Gave them a ride, fixed their car, whatever it was. It's amazing. Adver adversity is also a great opportunity. Adversity is a great opportunity. It's something to, to do different work in your life. We think, uh, we can't think of it at the time, but it's a great time to grow. When you have that kid at school and you're in elementary or junior high and there's a kid threatening you to beat you up and you don't want to face him and you want to, you want to avoid him and everything else that goes on, because I've been there. I was the kid this kid wanted to beat up and I wanted to not go to school. I tried to shun him everywhere I went. It's not a lot of fun at the time, but I got through it anyway. It's hard to see this time in our life as being productive. But I want you to think for just a minute. I'm going to bring Joseph up to you because I want to talk about Joseph for just a minute. Because there's a lot of us in here in this room that can relate to Joseph. Nobody had but place a they would place a quarter on your life that you didn't think good would come out of your life. You're like Joseph. You had everything that every opportunity that anybody ever had in this world, but because his brothers were jealous, everything went south. Everything. He went from being a son to a slave, and from a slave to a hired servant, and then from a servant. Back to a prisoner. And he was in a jail for years. Always looking for an opportunity that something good could come out of it. Only, only I will say this. He never really had a, a, a bad outlook on life. Even when he was in the, the deepest, darkest of the dungeon, he always seemed to have a positive outlook on everything that he had to go through. He never did think life was unfair. I don't know what, my mind can't really get all of this with Joseph, and, and probably yours can't either. But when he got really desperate for a, a move of God is when this one time in the prison, two guys from the king's uh, palace, and they were thrown in there. One was a baker, one was a, the uh, a cupbearer, and, and they had dreams. And he said, I can give you a, an answer to your dreams. And, and so the first one was the baker, and and the you know, first one was a wine uh, cup bear and he told him that you'd be restored within three days and and so the baker gets excited he thinks oh man that happened to me too and he gives him interpretations in three days you'll be lifted up with your head taken off and so he he wasn't always a bear of, of good news or but he was a bear of the, an answer anyway how is this opportunity for greatness He was still obedient and he was still seeking God even in the, the worst times of his life. And he told the cupbearer, when you get back to Pharaoh, remember me and mention me to him and get me out of this place. That sounds like a noble thing and he really had a lot of confidence in him. But probably the next several times he heard somebody coming, he thought it was, it was going to be his, his answer. But it never was. It never was. Disappointment after disappointment. More prisoners come in, more prisoners go out. And he never saw his chance to be delivered. Now listen, this sounds really bad and whatever, but if you really look at the whole picture, you've seen that this guy was, it was, a, he was God's instrument 
of enlightening him that somebody in the jail there had the ability to tell dreams. Years go by, and Pharaoh has a dream. And guess what happens? Let me tell you, when dealing with adversity, sometimes dealing with the right timing, the timing of when you, how you deal with it is really important. He never gave up hope. He never lost hope. In Genesis chapter 50 and verse 19, Joseph was a, a unique guy. And Joseph said to them, as his brothers, were afraid he was, I shared this on Wednesday night about three weeks ago. Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Uh, can I do only what God can do? You meant to hurt me, but God turned your evil into goods to save the lives of many, which is being done. So don't be afraid. I will take care of your children. And Joseph comforted his brothers with his kind words. I'm going to stop there. My wife brought this to my attention yesterday. It wasn't that he was just going to spare them. He was sent beforehand to protect them, keep his hand upon them. Even after the father is gone, the blessing is supposed to be there. If he did not have the proper response and proper attitude, go to Romans chapter 8. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in, all, that in everything, God works for the good of those who love him. Man, so many times, many of us have heard, had people say that to us, and we don't think, how could this possibly be God's will? How could this possibly be this time for me to grow in this tribulation, this advers adversity? But it is. You may not see it now. You may not understand it. But don't give up the hope that you have in Christ. Being like Jesus is, being, is having hope and uh, all hope is gone. Verse 29, God knew them before he made the world, and he decided that they would be like his son. So Jesus would be the firstborn among many brothers. Jesus represents a new adversity facing things. And so look to him for all things working together for good. It's hard to sometimes see God's purpose and see God's will in this. Go to 2 Corinthians, I'll tell you in just a minute where we're at. The thing, that adversity, we all sit down and we think, what could I have done differently? And Joseph, we know he was a dreamer, if you know anything about him, he was a dreamer, and, and he told his dreams to his brothers, he told his dreams to his parents. And I guarantee you, there were days that he was sitting in a jail cell and he would think, Maybe I shouldn't have told anybody. Maybe I should have kept everything within my heart. Maybe this wouldn't have happened this way. We talked about this a lot later, that God sees the huge picture. The huge picture. You may have never seen God in this fashion, but God has seen you from the beginning. We all can live with hindsight, but we've got to seize our opportunity. Opportunity comes, but so does opposition. The things in our life that we face that we don't want to and adversity, there may be opportunity for us to succeed and great things happen. 
just because it's, it's an op- opportunity for adversity to, to overcome and great things happen, you will also face a lot of opposition. And things that you don't understand, and maybe the people causing you the opposition also don't see the big picture. But, at, but adversity promoted Joshua, Joshua, Joseph to the kingdom in Egypt. I'm going to close with one more point. Adversity reveals our weaknesses. Moses had all of his excuses. He had killed a man. He was not noble. He would come from the right kind of blood. The people would reject him because he ran away from his youth when he created the problem with creating murder with the Egyptian. His inability to speak. He had no confidence. It doesn't make a lot of sense why God would choose him, but, but he knew things that nobody else knew in the kingdom of Pharaoh. A totally different lifestyle in, in that of Paul. When you look at Paul, I could, th- I could ask you, what were some of his attributes? Well, one of them was he was cocky. He was full of confidence. He had all the knowledge. He had great ability. He could speak before hundreds of people. There's no problem. Some, Paul was ate up with everything that had to do with himself. And anything that he could ever do, his name was Saul, everything that he ever done was about promoting himself because he wanted a position in the, in the hierarchy of religion. He was confident. He was willing to accept challenges. He was knowledgeable. He was a well-versed speaker. He was not easily intimidated. He was very prideful. He understood authority. And he was excited about his faith. His faith may have been wrong, and it may have been about Judaism, but he was excited about it. And he was very dogmatic about going to get the Christians and take them to the intercourse of the prison. But there's something about him. Second Corinthians chapter 12. Second Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. So that, I would, so that I would not become too proud of the wonderful things that he showed me, that, that were shown to me, a painful physical problem was given to me. This problem was a messenger from Satan, sent to beat me up, sent to beat me and keep me from becoming proud. I'm going to stop there for just a second. One of the biggest problems that a lot of us have when we're facing adversity is we're too prideful to ever humble ourselves and say, God, I need you. The greatest prayer that any of us can ever pray, any of us, is one word, and it's help. When you get desperate enough and you get low enough, you feel like all hope is gone, and you just cry out, you say, God, I need help. I don't even know how to pray, but I need help. Paul was that way. Paul was that way. I begged the Lord three times to take this problem away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient enough for you. When you are weak, my power is made perfect in you. So I'm very happy to brag about my weaknesses. That then Christ's power can live in me. For this reason, I'm happy when I have weaknesses, insults, hard times, sufferings, all kinds of troubles for Christ. Because when I'm weak, then I am strong. We cannot ever become strong until we go through adversities. You have to have them. You have to deal with them socially. You have to deal with them in a personal area. And parenting, I think parenting is one of the most trying 
trying things that we go through in life. Because you sit and lick all your old wounds and you think back all the things you should have done differently. What's your weakness? What's your weakness? You know, I can say, Lord, I have a bunch of them. But it's through your weakness that you can attain strength. Opposition will raise its head. Opposition will attack you. Opposition opposition occurs in in the area that you have pride. God uses the conflict to produce a better understanding of grace. God uses the conflict to produce a better understanding of grace. What did Paul say? I begged the Lord three times to take this problem away, and he said, my grace is sufficient. When we are, when we are placed under the, the eye of the, the microscope, and we really look at ourselves for what we are, we begin to see God's grace in a total different light. We begin to embrace his grace a lot more. Don't be offended. Maybe we, were thought, maybe we thought we were above this kind of testing. I'd like everybody to stand up for just a second, if they would. You can step back down. I don't do that to be funny. I don't do it to be funny. When I was in college and, and when you teach and doesn't matter. But when I was in college, I was told you always got to keep the people active. And uh, I would come down here, walk around, but he's, when we used to try to keep, we are losing engaging of our, of our speech and our talking with the students. We'd get down, walk around, we'd walk right up to a, a guy falling asleep, like Spanky, walk up to him. He's not. I put my hand on him and wake him up and it wakes everybody up in the area. So that's why I have you to speak. I mean, I have you to stand. Be with me. Stay with me. I got one more scripture and I've got, I've got a couple more thoughts. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. My brothers and sisters, verse 2. When you have many kinds of troubles, you should be full of joy. Because you know that these troubles test your faith and will give you patience. Let your patience show itself perfectly what you do. Then you will be perfect and complete and will have everything you need. There's something about this. We talked about adversity making you stronger. It does make you stronger. It does. I can sit and talk about a lot of people in here, things that you are, are more mature in because you went through things, because you went through something in your past. Maybe it may have been big, it may have been little, but it was instrumental in teaching you how to react. Don't be discouraged. We've all gone through it. And have a little bit of hope. If you haven't been through it yet, you will go through it. What adversity are you dealing with? You see, the biggest adversity is within. Nobody knows it. Nobody can see it. You know what you have to overcome. Battling what everybody else sees. Because you project a, a certain image, but on the inside, you're totally different. You come to church and you want people to see that you're happy, go lucky, and everything's great. 
But I wonder how many of us have things on the inside that we're battling. We think it's our lot in life. Tried to run from it, tried to get better at it. And I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of things we can do in ourselves. We can get better at things. But there's one thing about it. When we have adversity in our life, we can go to Jesus and give it all to Him. We've talked about becoming more like Him, being just like Him, just like Jesus. You're never going to become more of a Christian. Never going to become more of a, the man you should be or the woman you should be until you give everything to him. Harboring things in your life and, and issues that nobody else sees. And maybe you need some peace of mind. Maybe you need direction. Maybe you need forgiveness. I don't know if Joseph thought about it in these dynamics. But he went through all that he did with his family, kicking him out, selling him to slavery. And all those years into prison, about 13 years total of slavery in prison. And he never held God accountable one time. A lot of people can't trust God with certain things because they hold God accountable because something bad happened to them in their past. Instead of us growing from our adversity, we're imploding from our adversity. Would you bow your heads with me? Maybe not the salvation message that you always thought it would be. But friend, if you're, if you're going through this adversity in your life and you need peace of mind because of what you're going through, because of the hurt of somebody else's cause, of the problems that you've caused in your own life, and you think that is beyond even God himself, it's not. 